good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of Blur Podcasts. How is everyone doing? That is, we are finally effectively at the end of the motorsport year. And when I say motorsport year, I mean everything is coming to a close ready for 2021. Whether or not things will change in 2021 in terms of the coronavirus pandemic is yet to be seen. I still think it will be a bumpy road, especially in the first half of the year but we do officially have calendars and things released for next year so we might as well talk about it now i know i said i'm not gonna i wasn't gonna talk about f1 much on this podcast series but you know people want the content f1 is the most important well is not the most important most famous motorsports championship in the world on the calendar on the planet and it deserves to be talked about even if it isn't very exciting and I will express this again that I do think that touring cars and GT racing is more interesting and NASCAR actually is more interesting to watch than Formula 1 touring car racing especially and I will say this now that the British Touring Car Championship is the most interesting and best motorsport championship in the world and I've already spoken about it and I will go back to it and I will keep talking about it and I'll talk about it and I'll talk about it and I'll keep going But today we are talking about Formula 1 and the review of the 2020-17 race championship. Oh my god, we need a breather. I need to take a break. I would arguably say that that Sakir Grand Prix was one of the most important races ever of the year. The driver changes, the aftermath after the accident in the Bahrain Grand Prix with Roman Grosjean. The fact that Lewis Hamilton wasn't there, someone else was in a Mercedes and what they could do. Um, the outcome of the race in general, so much to talk about. And Abu Dhabi, which <laughs> just just shit. What the hell? Without poking it with a stick, you know that meme? Poking with, come on, do something. Absolute train crash. So what, what I'll do is talk about the season in general. Uh, talk about driver of the year, team of the year, race of the year, and then briefly what I'm looking forward to in 2021. As of course the new... There are rules changing for next year, as they do every year, um, but the main big rules have been pushed back to 22, so we'll we'll wait for that. Um, so let's talk about the season in review. We'll just go through each race by race. Not too long, but just just briefly starting with the Austrian Grand Prix, which kicked off our double header at Austria for the Austrian and Styrian Grand Prix, both won by Mercedes. And Mercedes have pretty much won every single race this year. Apart from two of them, and one of them was... Uh, apart from four of them. Um, but one of them was Mercedes-powered, so... And the others were Honda-powered. Ferrari, no wins. But podiums, McLaren... Uh, well, Renault, no wins, but podiums. And I tell you what, in terms of... Yeah, okay, it was dominated by Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton again this year. But if you if you take the Mercedes out of the equation, which we say a lot, it was really quite an interesting midfield battle because obviously Ferrari lost a lot of time and all the other teams kind of closed up now. I would arguably say that there's three races this year. The race between Mercedes and Red Bull, the midfield battle involving uh, racing points, Renault, Ferrari, Alfa Tari and McLaren, and then the rear field battle between Alfa Romeo, Williams and Haas. But yeah, the first two races were won by Mercedes uh, Valtteri Bottas winning the opening race and a surprise podium for Charles Leclerc and Lando Norris. First podium for Lando Norris. A great race. Norris coming with the fastest lap on the last lap to beat Lewis Hamilton um, and get underneath the five-second time penalty um, that Lewis Hamilton had for contact with Alexander Albon, which could have been his first podium, but again, he was pushed back. Um, 
so that was pretty good pretty, pretty interesting race bit of a mixed up grid there but Mercedes still came away with the, the win Mercedes winning again for the steering Grand Prix with pole position for Lewis Hamilton and the win Valtteri Bottas finishing in second and Max Verstappen taking third and that's kind of the trend for most of the season those three drivers one, two, three two, three, one you know bit of a mix up but it, you know still not a bad race not a bad race um, McLaren pretty quick Science got the fastest lap it was alright it was not bad not as good as the first one but, but not bad um, the first race is always crazy every season because teams are trying to get behind um, you know winter testing stuff on the car reliability blah 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 then on to Hungary for round three uh, pole fastest lap and the win for Lewis Hamilton Max Verstappen second Valtteri Bottas third um, so again the same three not really much the race was okay the Hungarian track isn't that very exciting I don't think not a lot of overtakes it's fun to drive on on the game but in terms of watching it and the actual race that produces not very exciting um, a has scored their first points one of only two points scoring finishes I think that season 10th and a ninth place they got overall not the best but they did like a strategy that allowed Magnussen to finish in the points uh, then on to the Great British Great British Grand Prix at Silverstone for a double header with the 70th anniversary Grand Prix um, pole and win for Lewis Hamilton with tyre issues affecting um, the Mercedes all week really and everyone all week and for the other race the following race both races um, Lewis Hamilton actually won the race with a flat tyre did he or did he not which was sort of exciting Max Verstappen second with the fastest lap who pitted to change tyres and he could have won that race which is a shame but still second place Valtteri Bottas getting an uh, 11th place and outside the points with Charles Leclerc picking up the spoils again for a podium finish. So pretty interesting. Uh, and then the second race, again, Mercedes were very um, rela more relaxed on the tyres having seen what happened the previous week. Uh, they did get pole position with Valtteri Bottas, uh, fastest lap from Lewis Hamilton, but Max Verstappen was the winner. and was the first non-Mercedes winner that season and the first of three wins for a Honda powered car so well done uh, apart from that not really not really exciting really points for Nico Hulkenberg who subbed in for Sergio Perez um, but yeah apart from that nothing nothing very exciting uh, the Spanish Grand Prix uh, was next pole and a win for Lewis Hamilton again fastest lap for Valtteri Bottas and Max Verstappen taking second so again the big three again um, pulling ahead nothing very exciting there don't, don't need to look too much into that then on to Belgium Pole in the win again for Lewis Hamilton. Second place for Alte Bottas. Third place for Max Verstappen. Again, you can't read a lot into this. It's just the same big three a lot of the time. It'd be nice if there was two Red Bulls up there and it was a bit closer and the season went winning all the time, but that's the best we could have hoped for. Max Verstappen put on some good efforts this year. A couple of retirements which hurt his season because I think he could have finished runner-up this year, but fair enough. Uh, in the Belgian Grand Prix, Daniel Ricciardo finished fourth and had the fastest lap for Renault, so that's quite interesting. Renault make, picking up, and Esteban Ocon was fifth, I believe, so Renault making some solid gains there. Then on to the Italian Grand Prix, which definitely has claws to be the race of the season, uh, and it just shows that if Mercedes are not floating around, it can be a good race, and obviously Max Verstappen was retired, retired as well. A huge crash for Charles Leclerc, which was horrible, and it really mixed up the fields. Um, Max was, uh, Lewis Hamilton was pole and fastest lap finishing 7th place after his penalty for entering the pits when it was closed uh, Valtteri Bottas only P5 um, why did he fall back why was what was his issues similar he didn't get a drive through 
issues with the car, maybe. I'm trying to remember, to be honest. I'm too busy focusing on everything else. Um, Pierre Gasly took the first win, which was, uh, took his first win, and Alfa Tauri's first win, Toros' second win, at the same track, which is quite funny. Um, yeah, Pierre Gasly took the win, his first win, not his first podium, but his first win, uh, which would turn out to be Alfa Tauri's only podium in the season. But they have been fairly consistent. They have been fairly consistent. Uh, what a great, great finish, great race. Carl Sainz could have won it for McLaren. He finished his second, even McLaren's second podium of the year, and his second podium in his first official on the podium. Uh, if you don't understand, watch the 2019 Brazilian Grand Prix. Lance Stroll taking a third place and his second podium. So that was really good. So a nice mixed up grid, really, really good. Really interesting. Lando Norris fourth, so a good effort for McLaren there, for second and fourth. And I believe it's the first French win since Olivier Panis in 1998. Since, uh, or maybe a bit earlier. Yeah. So the first sort of French driver to win a race. Not the not podiums, because Ronald Grosjean's had a few podiums, but first win, I believe. So incredible. Really good race. And then on to the Tuscany Grand Prix at um, Mugello, which is the second of three rounds in Italy this year, which I think is pretty cool. I and mean, it's good to see some interesting new tracks as well. First of the new sort of tracks, we have Mugello, uh, the Nürburgring made a return, Portugal, uh, Imola was back, Turkey was back, Sakia, so much, you know, really good. Good to see some new tracks, I and mean, we won't see stuff like this again, because even looking at the next year's calendar, I don't think any of these are confirmed. Yeah, I think Portugal's on the on the cards to take over the Vietnam, Vietnam spot. So the Tuscan Grand Prix, back to normal service, Mercedes 1-2, Win, pole, fastest lap for Lewis Hamilton, second place for Valtteri Bottas, but a third place and his first ever podium in Formula 1 for Alexander Albon. So that's pretty good. Again, though, there were a few retirements that allowed him to get his podium. But I don't know. We'll, we'll come back to him anyway. Uh, some points for Alfa Romeo. Interesting. Up and down, up and down. It's sort of exciting race, interesting. It's a couple of crazy crashes, actually. Um, the crash at the start, which involved Max Verstappen, and the crash in uh, after the safety car restart, which took out half the fields. Um, which I know there's a lot of complaints about the drivers in the front, but the drivers in the front control the pace. If you're behind them and they're not going, you do not go. And it was the drivers in the mid-pack that caused the issue. So you need to go back and look at that one, to be honest. Then on to Russia, Mercedes's top race. Valtteri Bottas' top track, really. First and the fastest lap. Not pole, but first and the fastest lap. Second place for Max Verstappen. And third and the pole position for Lewis Hamilton. So normal service resumes there. Good effort from Sergio Perez in fourth. Daniel Ricciardo fifth. So interesting race. but Well, not interesting, but a sort of more... I like to see Max Verstappen first or second to give it a bit more of a fight. So there was a bit more of a fight there. Lewis Hamilton off the game. And then onto the German Grand Prix. The Eiffel Grand Prix, as they could call it, at the Nürburgring GP circuit. Uh, pole position was for Valtteri Bottas, but unfortunately he retired. First place for Lewis Hamilton, gifted. Second place for Max Verstappen and the fastest lap. And a third place and his first podium for Renault. And Renault's first podium since 2011, because they were still a constructor in 2011, weren't they? Uh, I think it was Nick Heimfeld's third place in, in Malaysia that was their last official podium as a Renault Works team. So, in really good, really good effort. Uh, really good for them. Uh, and great to see Daniel Ricciardo on the podium in a Renault as well. And it was nice. So, it's again, more mixed up. We're mixing up the grid a little bit. Very good. Um, Portugal. 
Um, first pole and a fastest lap for Lewis Hamilton, absolutely on form. Second in five consecutive wins, second place for Bottas again. Didn't really show much of a fight, third place for Max Verstappen. So, normal service resume there, nothing really exciting. On to the final Italian Grand Prix of the season at um, Imola, which is great to have that back. And a lot of people slate that circuit, but I think it's a really good track. I, I really like it. Um, first and well, pole position for Baltry Bottas, but unfortunately finished second after not the best start. First and fastest lap for Lewis Hamilton, again untouchable, and this sealed his sort of title. He won it in Turkey the next race, but yeah. And another podium, third place for Daniel Ricciardo. So excellent for Renault there, two, two podiums. Uh, so not a bad season for them. Uh, Turkey was where Lewis Hamilton secured the title. Uh, for, uh, he got the win, uh, which was his fourth out of five consecutive um, wins. No pole position, though. Uh, 14th play for Valtteri Bottas, uh, as I believe he had issues. There was a lot of issues, actually, for a lot of people. Max Verstappen only finishes sixth place. Second place for Sergio Perez, an excellent run. Uh, Racing point qualified 1-2 with... Lance Stroll getting the pole. Mercedes powered pole position, but not Mercedes team getting pole position. He ended up finishing ninth, unfortunately. The fastest lap went to Lando Norris again. He finished eighth. And third place for Sebastian Vettel, his first and only podium in 2020 uh, for the Scuderia and the Ferrari's last podium of the season. So only. Oh no! Wait, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They only got three podiums that year second and a third for Leclerc and a third for Sebastian Vettel. So, yeah, another driver on the podium, which adds to the amount of drivers on the podium for the stats, but in terms of performance, not very good. But still a podium, well done to Seb, well done to Racing Points and, and Mercedes. Uh, on to Bahrain for the first of two Grand Prix at the Bahrain uh, facility, I guess, track. Um, first and a pole position for Lewis Hamilton, untouchable. Eighth place for Bottas, nowhere, had issues. Second and a fastest lap for Max Verstappen. Um... Sergio Perez was on for a third place until his car gave up with like a couple of laps to the end, which is a shame, which gifted Alexander Albon his uh, second podium in Formula 1, another third place, uh, which leaves him tied on points at the end of the standards with Carl Sainz. But because Carl Sainz has had a second place, he goes ahead on places finished. But yeah, another podium for that. A pretty good race, a bit more mixed up, but you know, and a terrible crash at the start actually for Roman Grosjean, which put him out. Having said that, one of the worst crashes I've seen in Formula 1 since the Hubert crash, which I know wasn't long ago, but in terms of Formula 1, it's probably, probably an insane crash. The car held up, did what it did, did what it should do, split apart at the point it should have, and Roman Grosjean got out with minor burns to his hands, which is great news, because if you ran back maybe even five years, the driver could have died from that. So it's incredible that he's fine. A shame that he wasn't around for the last two Grand Prix, but um, yeah, good good effort. Uh, then on to the Sakia Grand Prix, which is the outer loop layout of the Bahrain circuit. And I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe this is the only time Formula 1 has ever raced at three different layouts on one particular track. The GP circuit, which is what we are accustomed to, the outer loop, which we raced this year, and the endurance layout, which we raced in 2010. So I think that could be right. Lewis Hamilton was diagnosed with coronavirus, which put him out, and put George Russell in the car, which is amazing, who qualified second, nearly took the pole. Do I think Mercedes deliberately messed up the pits? Yes. Yes, I do. I'm not going to go into it now, because I think that's another podcast. Um, you know, can't be asked with the, the backlash, but I do think they did. And I'll talk about it 
briefly from all the reviews and stuff that I've had from it and all the angles and blah 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 but anyway good effort from Russell scoring his first points in Formula 1 and a fastest lap which uh, finished ninth in the end after his supposed puncher and the mix up in the pit stops so it gave him three points which is incredible and well done to him it's still something you know still well played considering he'd only just jumped in the car Valtteri Bottas got pole position only just and finished eighth after the problem with the pit stops could have done a lot better really Every time with Max Verstappen on the first lap being taken out by Charles Leclerc, uh, which also hits our eventual race winner, Sergio Perez, who went from the back to first place to take his first and Racing Point's first win ever. Incredible race, well done to him. Um, second place was taken by Esteban Ocon, his first podium, and uh, the third podium for Renault that season, and their first second place. And the third place was from Lance Stroll, his third podium, and a Racing Point first double podium so a lot of firsts but an incredible out, out, uh, output in the end we would have liked to see George Russell take a win but I'm sure that will come at some point we've just got to be patient uh, Jack Aiken was sitting in for Russell for his one-off outing uh, finished 16th Pietro Fittipaldi was fitting in for the last two rounds of the year for um, Roman Grosjean finishing a 17th and 19th respectively Um Abu Dhabi, the final race of the season, pole and a win for Max Verstappen, incredible pole position, only just, and it kind of followed the leader, um, it followed the leader at Abu Dhabi, uh, he finished first, fastest lap went to Daniel Ricciardo in seventh, uh, second for Valtteri Bottas and third for Lewis Hamilton, Mercedes didn't really look like they were on it the weekend, maybe old engines and used tyres and the list goes on, but yeah, uh, not very exciting. Pretty boring race. Shame that the Sakia Grand Prix couldn't have ended it. But anyway, we got our season. Lewis Hamilton was finished first, seven-time crowned officially the seven-time world champion, equaling Michael Schumacher. I mean, well played. I'm not a big fan of him, but well played. Patrick Bottas second. Um, Max Verstappen third. Essentially the runner-up, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, in the team's championship, Mercedes is obviously seven-time consecutive constructors' championship. Red Bull Racing finished Second, and in a close battle for third between McLaren, Racing Point, Renault, Ferrari, Alfa Tari. McLaren came out on top with a fifth and sixth, which put them seven points clear of Racing Point, who finished fourth in the Constructors. Renault fifth, then Ferrari went from second to sixth in the Constructors Championship. Terrible. Alfa Tari, Alfa Romeo, who scored eight points all year. Haas, who scored three points all year. And Williams finishing last, scoring no points, but a few 11th place finishes. So we'll have to see what next year brings. So, driver of the year, you know, it could be easy to give it to Lewis Hamilton, one of his best years, but it, they've had one of the best cars. So I'm not going to give it to him. I'm not going to give it to Baltos. I'm not going to give it to Verstappen. Uh, I am going to give it to Sergio Perez, finished fourth in the standings with 125 points. And he missed two rounds because he was with coronavirus. He missed the two British rounds. So he wasn't racing. So he missed two rounds. He got two podiums, could have been three, and he won his first race. One of his best seasons ever, and I'm not taking anything away from him. Well done. Driver of the year. Definitely in my book. Uh, team of the year. Again, I could give it to Mercedes. Incredibly dominant. But I could give it to Alvatore. They had a win. Renault. I'm going to give it to McLaren. McLaren have been so bad over the last couple of years. They've gone from like ninth in the constructors to third in the constructors in the space of a few years with a lot of big turnarounds, some amazing drivers. They've signed Ricardo for next year. They've got two podium finishes with Sainz and Norris. They've had multiple fastest laps. 
and they've challenged for wins at some at some occasions. And they finished third in the constructors' championship ahead of a team that essentially copied Mercedes's car, not entirely, but essentially did. So well done to McLaren, definitely well well done. Race of the year. Well, it'd be nice to pick one that Mercedes didn't win. Uh, there were a few good races that Mercedes won, but overall they were quite tedious. So I'm torn between the Italian Grand Prix, um, which was a, quite a shake-up, wasn't it? A pretty good out, outcome. And the Sakia Grand Prix. I'm going to go with the Sakia Grand Prix because of a few factors. The build-up because of all the driver changes and the accident that happened previous. The execution with what happened in the race, the first kind of collision which turned Sergio Perez around and took out some big names. The calamities in the pits which is still controversial and Sergio Perez getting his first win. So that's definitely a race of the season. Excellent. So yeah, it's been crazy. It's all over. It's gone quick but 17 races we got so we have to thank everyone. You know, well done to everyone who got the season going and and we what we managed to get. Incredible well done to everyone involved. Let's just talk briefly about 2021. So, let's look at the team. I mean, 10 teams confirmed as they said they would be. Uh, a few team changes, uh, racing point changes to Aston Martin, but they aren't an official works team. They're just sponsored by Aston Martin because they're running Mercedes engines. Alpha Alpine uh, F1 is the sort of racing brand of Renault. So they're taking over the Renault team. Um, Alfa Romeo staying the same. Alfa Tari staying the same. Same engines. Honda's last sort of year, but we'll see what happens. Scuderia Ferrari, Mission Winnow. They're staying as they are. Haas staying with Ferrari engines. McLaren are moving to Mercedes engines. Mercedes still as they are. Uh, Red Bull Racing. Uh, Honda as they are. And Williams Mercedes as they are. So not... A few big changes, so we're going to see some livery changes, which is nice. Uh, in terms of the drivers confirmed, Raikkonen and Giovinazzi will continue at Alfa Romeo. Pierre Gasly is confirmed at Alfa Tari, but no second driver. Danny Kvyat hinted that he won't be back, and I don't think he will. I expect them to put um, that Japanese F2 driver in. Oh, what's his name? Mrs. So, Mrs. So, Joe or something? Mrs. Soto? Shinida? I can't pronounce it, but... He's an incredibly talented rookie driver uh, of F2 last year, and I've expected to put him in. It'd be nice to see him in. He was exciting to watch last year. So put him in, that's what I'd do. Uh, Alpine F1 is, of course, signed Fernando Alonso on a two-year contract. Not a fan of that, but we'll, we'll move on. Esteban Ocon is confirmed again. Uh, Aston Martin BWT F1 team. Aston Martin Mercedes have uh, signed Sebastian Vettel in favour of Sergio Perez alongside Lance Stroll. Scuderia Ferrari have signed Charles Leclerc again and Carlos Sainz to take over from Sebastian Vettel. Haas have got two new drivers, the disgusting, out, disgustingly outrageous Nikita Mazepin, who I hate. And again, that's probably room for another podcast. And newly F2 crowned champion Mick Schumacher. Amazing. Well done. That'll be really exciting. Hopefully he destroys Mazepin. I know he's only there for the money, so fuck him. Uh, McLaren have signed Daniel Ricciardo to replace Carlos Sainz. Um, and Lando Norris sticks around for a third year at McLaren so it's nice that we've got a few British drivers on the grid got a few so that's good uh, Mercedes AMG Valtteri Bottas is confirmed no confirmed second driver at the moment but we expect it to be Lewis Hamilton the Toto Wolff hinted that they were just putting a deal together to place and it was just taking longer than normal because they're expecting Hamilton to retire at some point but I expect it to be Hamilton if not they'll probably put George Russell in I don't know for sure but who knows 
uh, Red Bull Racing, Max Verstappen and no confirmed second driver. We expect it to be Alexander Albon. I know in Formula 1 playing the safe game, it probably will be. But this is what I would do. Put Sergio Perez for a one-year contract, as Ted Kravitz said, and has have Alexander Albon um, as a reserve driver and then stick him back in if things don't go well this year for 22. So you've still got Albon on the payroll. You've still got him developing cars and doing stuff. Uh, and you've got Perez in to see how he gets on. That's what I would do. It's a safe option and it's a good good bet. Do it. And it's exciting. Loads of people would love to see um, Sergio Perez in that car. So get him in it. Williams Racing have confirmed Nicholas Latifi and George Russell again. But again, that may change depending on what Mercedes do, but I expect that to be the same. So, some big changes, really. Quite a big driver market shake-up, but it's going to be it's going to be a good year, hopefully. We'll see. Uh, in terms of the calendar, um, the season is running 23 Grand Prix, supposedly, with the campaign expected to kick off in Australia at the 21st of March after pre-season testing. But again, this is all subject, so we don't know for sure, but we expect these Grand Prix to go ahead. With or without fans, again, is still unclear. Uh, Bahrain will be the second race, then on to China. Uh, the fourth race will probably be Portugal. That's what they're thinking. Just putting in a deal in as we start the European leg. Then we've got Spain, Monaco, Azerbaijan, Canada, uh, French, Austrian, British, Hungarian, Belgium, Dutch. And the um, Sandvoort Grand Prix moved down. And then the Italian Grand Prix and then the Russian Grand Prix to end the European leg, which is amazing to see so many European tracks. It's really good. Not a big fan of all of them, but it's good to see. Then on to Singapore for the flyaway races. Suzuka, Japan, um, United States, Mexico, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, which is the new circuit for the year. We don't know what that's going to be like, but hopefully good. And then finishing Abu Dhabi again. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, if we can get all 23 races, that'd be amazing. Um, so regulation changes. So it was supposed to be the 2022 20, rules were supposed to be next year, but they've been pushed back a year, fair enough. And teams are effect effectively carrying over their teams, their cars to next year. So we don't expect the grid to shape up too much, but we expect it to still be a close midfield and hopefully Red Bull has closed the gap to Mercedes. But we don't expect the grid to change too much. Um, the value budget cap is also changing. Um, there's a few things. I said budget cap reduced to 100 million, isn't it? Um, because the, the pandemic threatens the future of, of a few teams, so they want to keep them on the grid. But teams did commit to a 10-year contract, so we'll have to see how that goes. But And the, the prize money is being split out differently as well. Technical regulations, not a lot of change. Uh, the main thing, I think, is to do with the floor, where they are not allowing development pieces on the floor and downforce pieces on the floor. It's got to be as flat as possible to take away 10% of downforce that are hurting the tyres and stuff. So it might make the tyres better. That could be good. I mean, it's not a big change as well, visually, so it should be all right. Um, so we'll have to see. Um, some teams are changing, obviously, because McLaren are changing from Renault to Mercedes engines. They've got a special permission to modify their car so they can change fit the new engines in. Um, the DAS system, dual axis steering, developed by Mercedes, is banned for 21. So hopefully that'll that'll help other cars level the playing field in terms of warming up tyres and pre-race rituals. So there's a few, not a lot of changes, but a few changes. Uh, teams will be required to allow a driver who has competed in fewer than two Grand Prix to replace one of their race drivers in a Friday practice session over the course of the season. Um... And the ruling is teams to satisfy a requirement 
if one of their regular drivers is their rookie season kind of thing. So you're swapping and change. It's not, not a big thing, but just swapping and change of drivers. Uh, the weekend structure isn't too different for the 2021 season. Schedule of race weekend is due to be revised slightly under the pre-existing regulations. A race weekend spans four days. Thursday being the media day uh, and scrutiny. However, under the new regulations, Thursday events will be moved to Friday morning. So it's going to be three-day events now, uh, with times between Friday's activities being reduced. Cars will be under part family conditions following the end of free practice three instead of qualifying Further restricting teams are making major rule changes or setup changes ahead of the race. So you can't, once you've chosen your car for the weekend after practice, that's it. That's what you got. Uh, the weekend to reduce money and costings will now only be three days instead of four. The 2021 W Series, that's the series for female drivers, has also been added as one of the support categories alongside Formula 2, Formula 3 and the Porsche Super Cup. It will be competing at Paul Ricard uh, for the French Grand Prix and then end in Mexico City uh, for the Mexican Grand Prix after a few other races. Formula 2 and Formula 3 will support Formula 1 on alternative weekends rather than the same ones as a cost-saving measure. So again, it's all cost-saving cost measures and we'll have to see how we get on. Uh, I expect most teams to have released uh, their cars by the end of February. So we've got about two months. Two months of nothing and then um, cars being released, testing and back at it again for March hopefully so fingers crossed for a stronger 2021 season for all championships there's plenty more to discuss on future podcasts stay, stay invested I guess is what I can say enjoy yourselves have a lovely Christmas and a safe new year and I'll see you all for 2021 bye